Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Christopher Shadforth, Communications Director for the Chartered Insurance Institute. In this episode, I'll be talking to Matthew Mallett and Gaynor Jones. In this episode of the podcast, we're discussing theme five of the CII's new five-year strategic plan, Digital First. I'm joined by CII's Matthew Mallett, Chief Digital and Information Officer, and Gaynor Jones, Regional Director for the Middle East and Africa. Here is my conversation with Matthew and Gaynor. Hello to you both. Welcome, Gaynor. Thanks, Chris. Lovely to speak to you today. And hi, Matt. Good morning, both. Lovely to speak to you both. Thanks so much for joining me on this podcast. And we're going to be discussing theme five from our strategic plan. And this is all about embracing technology to provide our members with digital access to all of the services they need anytime, anywhere. I think that's the phrase that we're using in the plan, isn't it, Matt? And first of all, I'll come to you because I I want to touch briefly on the past before we actually go into the strategic plan itself, because I think it's fair to say that some of our members and customers have not had the digital or even perhaps the human experience over the past few years that the CII would have wanted. I mean, how do you respond to that? Absolutely agree. It's, it's one of the key reasons that um, this, the actual position of the CDIO was created within the CIO. Uh, there was the board, Alan, our CEO, understood that you know, there were some real big challenges here. And when I was approached about the position and I discussed those challenges with um, Alan, I was really, really impressed with his real back-to-basic strategic approach. Um, and having extensive experience of doing recoveries of similar organisations like CII, um, recognised the challenges impacting our customers and members, and was keen to come in and improve those services. You know, there's a lot of challenges, and my teams and I are focusing on addressing the key ones as part of our internal digital reboot strategy this year, Uh, but we will continue to monitor and improve every month the key issues that are impacting our customers and members. Really good to hear that, I'm sure, for a lot of our listeners there, Matt. So turning to the future then, what are you going to be doing that's going to be of real benefit to members going forward? I think if we start, you know, I've kind of alluded to in the um, strategy, we've delivered a long-awaited new CRM. So this is our customer relationship management solution. It will provide us with the opportunity to really give data-driven, personalised service to our members and customers. As a member of any institute, I want to feel that I'm being engaged on a level that's personal and targeted to what I want. Not generics, you know, not spam with loads of information that's totally irrelevant to me. I've got an inbox full of information like that. I want it targeted to me. So moving forward... You know, we're going to take a digital first approach because our members um, still value physical interaction between each other and the Institute, but it's not always possible. You know, post-COVID, our working habits have changed. We've all become more digitally adapt and flexibility is key. Um, We have members today that are obviously going to be listening to this podcast. So it's key that we integrate our solutions along that lines. Now, you kind of mentioned about the anytime, anywhere. That is really crucial for me. So by leveraging digital technology, I can really help 
provide that opportunity. But I'm, I'm really keen to ensure that we actually provide a true omni-channel experience as well. So what am I talking about? So for me, that's listening to this podcast. It's um, ordering new study materials online or booking a face-to-face events and then having the opportunity to click through to a discussion with customer services internationally because you just want to find out a bit more that maybe we haven't talked about on the actual digital platforms. <coughs> Moving forward into 24 to 27, I want to build a digital community platform. I see this as a real game changer. It will allow us to provide improved collaboration between our societies and local institutes, joining us up and making us stronger to our customers and members, but also with the ability to bring in regions, countries and international members all into one place with the ability to create discussion groups on key topics that transcends borders. You know, we're all in the same business. It doesn't matter where you are. There are common commonalities that you want to share, the challenges, the opportunities. So uniting the power of our membership and improving our thought leadership will enable us to drive higher professional standards. And I'm, I want to take my part in making that possible. Well, that sounds absolutely fantastic to hear, Matt. And talking of transcending borders, Gainer, you're one of our regional directors and you're based in Dubai. So, I mean, how vital is this theme for you and the members that you serve across the Middle East and Africa? We heard there about creating digital communities. Is, is, is that something that you're looking forward to? I mean, t- talk us through your thinking around the strategic plan. Yeah, this this is extremely important, and that's for a number of reasons, really. Firstly, many countries in the Middle East have very advanced digitization strategies implemented by their respective um, visionary governments, particularly in the UAE and Bahrain, where people are very used to technology, innovative systems, and it all being very convenient for them. In order to provide Uh, or prove attractive to corporates and professionals here, digitization is absolutely key because it is the norm and it is what is expected. Secondly, geography plays a huge part. Some Middle Eastern countries, such as maybe Saudi, you know, they're huge. They've got exam centers spread out across vast areas. So the availability of online learning and remote invigilation for exams is really vital in securing commitment from professionals and corporates. Thirdly, Employees and students want convenience. They want to study coursework in their own time, whether this is in the evenings or at weekends. Many students don't want the expense and inconvenience of visiting exam centres or to take an exam, but would you know they'd rather opt for the remote invigilation option at that time to suit them so they feel more at ease. Where we collaborate with corporates, it's important for them to encourage employees to attain CII qualifications. So we have to make the learning experience as attractive and as convenient as possible. And finally, there's a value add of learning support, webinars, revision and refresher courses, et cetera. These are all available digitally. This opens up a vast wealth of knowledge to the Middle East professionals who are keen to enhance their learning. Uh, it, it improves the journey and it maps out their career pathways for them. The UK is obviously a more advanced market, so being able to keep up with the evolutionary changes and best practice there is very useful for Middle East members 
as I'm sure it is for all international members also. I mean, that, that's really interesting to hear from your perspective, Gaynor. And I guess it really does ch differ around the world, doesn't it? I mean, the experience that you described there from your perspective will also be different from those uh, who are based out in our Hong Kong office and those who are based in London where we're speaking or where I'm speaking from today. So if, we, if we're if we talking about digitization in the strategic plan, but there's other elements of the, the plan itself that will also affect communities differently as well. So what other areas of the strategic plan do you think will make a real difference to those that you're serving out in the Middle East and in Africa? Um, to be fair, all six pillars of the strategic plan will make a difference in international members, wherever they are located, expect excellence and best practice. This is what the CII has built its reputation on over many years, and it's important that we continue to bring innovation and fresh fresh perspectives to our offering. The highest professional standards can only be adhered to when the processes to achieve them are in place. An increased digitization plays this vital role through bringing about convenience, flexibility, and wonderful accessibility. The strategic plan focuses on thought leadership too, and this is vital. Communities do look to us for market-leading commentary, advice, and guidance, particularly when there is a global or country crisis or any bump in the road. Through digitization, a wealth of advice and opinion is available at the touch of a button for all of our members, wherever they're based. In addition, we're able to propagate positive messaging and learning content through social media. So it's highly accessible to all on a sustained, consistent basis. A sustainable CII is also a focus in the plan. Being and staying relevant is essential if we are to attract more members and ensure longevity alongside thought leadership. Introducing courses that align with a rapidly developing market, such as the climate risk and data science and artificial intelligence in insurance courses, has proved a very positive step. And we've been well received by Middle East members and stakeholders with these courses. That's, I mean, that's a really lovely summary of it, Gaynor. And I suppose taking a step back and asking ourselves, does digital first mean that the CII will be giving up, doing away with physical events and exams? I think what you've summarised there is that there's no intention of that. But perhaps, Matt, you could uh, give us your view on that. I mean, it, we, this this may be a theme that says digital first, but it doesn't mean digital only, does it? Absolutely, Chris. Absolutely. Um, you know, whilst the digital first strategy is the heart of what we're going to be doing moving forward, as you said. You know, it's about creating that flexible omni-channel experience and still providing physical international events as well as UK-driven events. It's really, really crucial part, you know, especially meeting our international teams that come over to the UK. Um, I like to try to be present and actually introduce myself to, you know, our, our members and, and really get to understand what their demands are. While I'm, while I'm keen to ensure that we have the option to book this through a mobile app, from our website, through linking through to our customer services team, ultimately it's still about personal contact and a personal service. And I think very much physical is still part and parcel of how we operate. So, you know, especially with the, the exams, we need to be able to provide both. 
there are still some that prefer I hate exams, I'll be honest. <laughs> you know, there's some that prefer to do sit in the classroom and do physical exams. I wouldn't be the other way. Um, I've been doing it for the last 10, 15 years. I take my exams, I do it remotely. I do it digitally. Um, because the thought of just sitting in the classroom just starts making me have highs. <laughs> And, and when we're talking about doing these things remotely, of course, people will want the reassurance that uh, we have in place the cybersecurity and all of the, uh, all of the, the, I suppose, world-class systems that mean that data is secure when it's being transferred between ourselves and those who are engaging with us. And we talk in the plan about gaining cyber essentials plus certification, don't we, Matt? I mean, what, what is this and how will that impact members? So I think look, we've got to be candid. You know, as most of our existing members will remember, the CII, like so many companies last year, was affected by a cyber breach. For me, fortunately, that was before I joined. Um, but, you know, quickly we addressed that situation. You know, understandably, we had large, large volumes of information on our members. You know, we're interconnecting to a lot of third-party providers, and I want to make sure that I'm providing surety to our members and that I am taking this seriously and I will continue to do so. So the Cyber Essentials Plus is a government recognised assurance that we have set out to achieve and, and deliver um, key cyber security controls and compliance that has then been independently verified by a third party. So it's not just me saying, we're secure, you're okay. It's a, an external third party will come in and review us and look at our systems and say, okay, yeah, you, you've passed. And that we will do every year because I'm really looking for us to build trust back with our members and have confidence back in the CII. Sounds very good, Matt. Very good. A question for you both now, perhaps. I mean, uh, we also talk in the strategic plan in this theme five about chatbots and agent chat. But yeah, how is that going to better support our international customers? Perhaps uh, I'll come to you in a moment, Gainer. But Matt, I mean, what would you say in response to that? Oh, most definitely. Um, as as Gainer kind of alluded to already, and I don't want to steal thunder, you know, from an international client's point of view, they prefer to engage digitally. Uh, it's more cost effective, you know, especially where we're all globally feeling the pinch, you know, the, the fiscal pinch at the moment and increased inflation. You want to do this the most cost effective way when you're engaging with us. And, and I appreciate that. So for me, um, Agent Chat will enable our customers to engage directly with a call center agent and ask questions about courses, events, certifications, exam dates, bookings, whereas the chatbot is actually a form of AI, um, artificial intelligence. So this is where our systems will engage with you and direct you to the information you're looking for, and that will be available 24-7-365. So every day of the year, you know, it doesn't take time off for Christmas, it doesn't have holidays, and it never goes sick. So it's the power of those kind of solutions are so immense. Um, personally, during the original COVID pandemic, I worked with my key technology partners at the time to deliver um, a program of solution to, in the form of a chatbot to deal with COVID inquiries for NHS Scotland 111. That took over a million inquiries and made sure that people that really had other conditions that were critical could be dealt with, whilst at the same time servicing people that were genuinely very, very scared at the time. Now, obviously, we're not in that situation, but 
having that ability to trust the system to provide you with that information is going to be crucial. And I'm not, you know, it's going to take us a while to get there. But when we do, I'm hoping that our members will really find that a benefit for them. Exciting times. Gaina, from your perspective? Yeah, um, there's definitely a place for it. But in my opinion, um, live human interaction is invaluable. It cannot be completely replaced. It's the case of implementing chatbots into processes where there can be no language misinterpretation. In the Middle East and much of international, you know, there are many, many languages spoken and sometimes English can be understood and certain terminology does not always translate effectively. So ensuring that this does not happen is a major consideration. Also, it's a case of using this technology in areas where customers won't become frustrated or anxious by it or it could spectacularly misfire. For instance, when we're looking at claims where certain complexities and queries may arise and where there's no substitute for a human voice and interaction, which can take into account the policyholders' nuances and specific needs. I think that a lot of people listening to this would concur with that. I mean, if we're talking about a CII member experience, if they would wish to have the best of both worlds, you know, the, the opportunity to talk to a human, but perhaps the speed and the efficiency of engaging with a chatbot in those moments. And I think such is life now that we tend to have those opportunities on other uh, systems and with other organisations with which we interact. And it's, uh, I suppose, from my own personal perspective, having been working with organisations that have had these things in the past, it's great to see that the CII is moving in this direction. And uh, Matt, the reassurance that you give there that, you know, these things are going to be really carefully thought through and uh, they're going to be put in place at a very high quality. And from Gainer's perspective, the continued opportunity to make sure that we have those physical agents on the phone as well, that uh, we don't confuse or we're able to advise in the very best way possible sounds like an ideal mix. Now, we're coming to the end of this podcast now. And uh, just one final question I've got. And we refer to digital badges, which definitely have taken off in so many different professions over the last few years. We also uh, cover these in theme four of the, of the plan as well. But Gaina, from your perspective, again, you know, thinking through the, the those members and customers that you have out uh, in the Middle East and Africa, I mean, what benefit do digital batches provide to our members, uh, particularly, as I say, those international customers? I suppose it's like the saying, a picture paints a thousand words. It's a very useful addition indeed. A graphical representation of the concept is universally understood and recognised. And as I said, here in the Middle East, there can be misinterpretations of the English language and other languages. So I think, you know, they, they would be welcomed warmly. Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much, Gaina. Okay, well, thank you, Gaina, and thank you, Matt, for joining me on the podcast today. It's been lovely to speak to you both. We're covering off each of the six themes of the CI Strategic Plan in separate podcasts. This is number five. You can hear the previous episodes on CII Radio now, and do join me for the next edition. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Gaina. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for listening to this episode of CII Radio. To find out more, visit thejournal.cii.co.uk slash podcasts or follow us on Twitter at CII Group. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.